In anticipation of Sunday and Mother's Day, we have what I think promises to be a very interesting and helpful interview now with Bria Simpson, who is uh, a life coach, a parenting specialist, and the author of a book that I have found very interesting called The Balanced Mom, Raising Your Kids Without Losing Yourself. It Hello. Seeks How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. The book seeks to address what is uh, probably a... a a situation affecting a, a lot of women across the country who want very much to be the best moms they can be and yet find themselves maybe to some extent sacrificing themselves and maybe their own happiness and, and well-being. And Bria Simpson is uh, hoping to address some of those concerns uh, in her very interesting book. Uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about uh, the kind of work which you do as a life coach for the sake of our listeners who have never engaged the services of such a person? Okay. Well, I basically work with moms who want to create a healthier balance in their lives or who are seeking more fulfillment in their lives as they raise their kids or both. Some moms are, you know, sort of more in one area they feel is lacking and some moms feel like something else is lacking. And there's plenty of moms out there that feel both. So the clients that I work with um, are really the same people out there who I think will enjoy this book. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting at uh, one point early on when you said uh, this book is comprised mostly of little bits of guidance to help center you, meaning the, the reader, the, the, the mother, we would presume, who uh, maybe needs some help in this way. Uh, tell us a little more about this whole idea of a mother centering themselves and centering themselves around what or around oh. whom. Yeah, let me explain that. What I mean by that is I really encourage moms in my book to slow down and to get more centered. And what I mean is to really get in touch with their values, with their authentic self, so that they can start to let their values guide them in their personal life and their parenting life rather than kind of going along on autopilot, signing up for a lot of classes and doing what everyone around you is doing. Hmm. In fact, I thought that was really an interesting moment. I'm, I'm not a parent myself, so uh, it's, it's a tribute to your book that it was of as much interest to me a, as it was. Um, and, but, but one moment that was actually quite applicable to me and would be to absolutely anyone who picked up the book is when you talk a little bit about values and you give us some ways to try to think about what our values are. At one point you say our values are our deepest beliefs and convictions about what is really important. And then you ask if we were to imagine ourselves five years hence observing our own funeral, what would we hope our family and friends would be saying about us? How would they describe us as an individual? Uh, How would they uh, talk about what we had offered to the world? Yeah, yeah, it's really important to think about what your values are, and I think that we get away from that. Um, I also think it's sort of a catchphrase in today's society, and, and no one really knows what you mean, but what I mean is to really think about what your core convictions are and what's really is important to you. You know, is spirituality important to you? Is, is self-confidence important to you? Is having fun important to you? Is being, a you know, a strong individual important to you? And and thinking about what those values are and then what do you do in your life, you know, to really enhance those values and how do you teach those values to your children? Hmm. 
It's interesting. I, I actually, for the moment, I'm going to skip over the first chapter to the second where you talk about living your values. Yeah. And you make, I think, a very good point about how we are so bombarded with choices. Yeah. And you say it can be a real challenge to choose what to bring into our lives and what to leave out. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there, there, there are some people who, who feel like th- their lives maybe are, are, are not that sort of situation where where life really pins them them in. I mean, I'm thinking especially of people with terribly limited financial resources, for instance, or, or really sort of implacable problems in, in, in their lives. But, but I think you are speaking exactly right about the vast majority of us, that in fact our lives are full of choices and probably... Uh, we end up making all kinds of choices that are not ultimately for our best good or for the best good of the people we care about. Yeah, if you're not in touch with your values and, and really clear on what your priorities are, it's really easy to just say yes to kind of whatever comes your way. And so what I encourage parents to do, and people, parents and non-parents, is to really step back and think about what is really important to you and then look at how you spend your time and make and start to shift towards making sure that Every time you're asked to do something or asked to sign your kids up for something or your kids want to do something else, think about, you know, does this fit into my, to my bigger sense of values and does it leave enough room for other things in my life that are important? And if it doesn't, then you need to start saying no to some things. This uh, chapter includes an interesting writing exercise. And, and really, this is also something that probably uh, uh, steps beyond motherhood itself is, is the kind of exercise that fathers or even people like me that aren't fathers or you know, parents at all, uh, some of these questions are still very, very applicable. Um, you ask, for instance, so you tell us to ask ourselves, what qualities do you most respect in yourself and in others? And how do your choices and behaviors exemplify these characteristics? I mean, that's a really good question that really every human being needs to stop and ask themselves. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The things that you respect, you know, are, tend to be what you really value. It, it's, it's a way of getting you to really think about what's important to you and, and to start shifting your behaviors to be more in line with what your real values are. When you uh, focus then a little more on, on, on parenting issues and mothering issues specifically, you, you think we should ask ourselves things like what our fondest memories are of, of childhood or what we want our children uh, to remember about about their childhoods. And that gets us thinking about some really important things. Yeah, because a lot of times our, our fondest memories are about experiences that we've had. It, it's not about all the activities that we did, but a lot of times our memories are just about experiences we had with people, you know, like the, the holidays where you, people were sitting around laughing. It's not about necessarily the mom went out and made all the food and, you know, rather than catering part of it. I mean, those aren't the things that you remember as a kid, but you remember your experiences together. Hmm. And so by thinking about that, then you can start to think, oh, well, you know, what am I doing in my own life that's allowing for these great experiences with my children, not just giving them, you know, more activities to fill their days? Another question which I think is so interesting is, how do you want your children to remember you? And you've gone to say busy, chaotic, chronically tired with a clean and tidy house or relatively calm, happy and fulfilled with a slightly messy house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mean, it's something to think about because um, if we don't slow down enough to think about that question, it's really easy to just be busy, 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 you know. And 
what you're what I think most parents would say they they want their kids to remember them as joyful as you know being present for them at times as listening when they need you to listen and you can't be there for them in those ways or for yourself if you're constantly rushing around from activity to activity mm. You know, it's interesting. As, as I read that paragraph, I mean, I appreciated what you said, but it does raise a, just a mild little warning flag, which I think is worth our talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, as you kind of expound upon that, that question of how we want our children to uh, remember us, and you pose a couple of different things, and I think it's pretty clear from reading those words that, that one of those is closer to your own heart, that, right. uh, I mean, about being warm and loving and fun and, and not being quite so worried about how clean the house is. Right. We probably should acknowledge the fact that uh, there probably are people out there where they really do see some meaning in the fact that their mother worked really hard to keep their house just so and, and, and lavished great care on incredible meals or whatever it might be. I mean, th- th- yeah. it is possible for a question like that to be answered in some different ways, including some ways that for us might not make uh, the, the fullest sort of sense. Absolutely. I, I think that that's true. Um, however, I do think that it's safe to say, and that this is my, you know, my professional experience from being a therapist and being a life coach, that most children, what they really want is quality time with their parents. And, and not that they don't appreciate all that you do. Oftentimes they don't, and they should, but not that hard work isn't important. But if that be, has become your sole focus, how everything looks, um, you know, the perfect meals and the perfect house, it's it, a lot of times what, what you're at risk for is missing those just those moments where you're just really present for your kids, where you're interacting with your kids. And, and I do think that most kids really place a lot of value in having that with their parents. Mm. You know, as we talk about this, I'm reminded of a author interview from a couple of years ago, actually, okay. which involved the story of, of someone who escaped Germany just before the Holocaust and uh, resettled here in the United States. And, and this daughter, writing about her mother, talks about how, I mean, for her, so much of, of, of growing up in the house was about spotlessly clean floors and eliminating wax buildup and all these sort of household things. And she felt badly that her mother, because of presumably this emotional trauma she had suffered earlier in yeah. leaving Germany as a child, it kind of stunted her emotional growth and made it really hard for her to connect with her daughter in all of these personal ways. But this daughter was perceptive enough to say that I think for my mother that that focus on some of those household details so mundane was a way for her to exert some control over her life. And you sometimes wonder if that's part of what goes on with people that fixate upon shiny floors is that it's it's for them uh, a way, maybe sometimes a misguided way to 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 bring some order into their life beyond just Absolutely. a clean house. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very common. I think you're right, and I think it's also easy to get. Um, there's this sort of mommy perfection um, thing going on right now in our society, where uh, you know it's very easy to get lost in that feeling of I need my house to look perfect, and you know I need my car to be clean, and my kids to all look perfectly, and their hair to be done, and, and the danger of that of too much of that is that you're missing out on some other parts of life, you know, that are also important. So, Well, and of course, that's where your exercise comes in so handy then about setting one's priorities. I mean, of sitting down and really deciding what is most important. And of course, 
chances are most people would, would not place shiny floors above some of the other things that we have been talking about, which in the big picture, of course, yeah. matter much, much more. Right. And I try and, in the chapter about prioritizing, I try to give um, people some ideas of things that, you know, you want to think about. Do you have these in your life? Do you have enriching activities for yourself? Are you taking great care of yourself? Do you have quality time with your kids? Not time in the car, but time interacting. Do you have time with, if you're married, you know, or you have a relationship with someone, how much time are you committing to that? Is it enough time that when the kids leave, you're still going to, you know, be interested in each other. So I try and really talk about the different areas of life that, that may be important to think about, you know, and to try and get into your priorities. We're speaking with Bria Simpson about her book called The Balanced Mom, Raising Your Kids Without Losing Yourself. Of course, a whole lot of this hinges on the whole question of time and the fact that for so many people, it seems like there never is quite enough time. I think it's intriguing that you actually start your book, Chapter 1, um, w- with a chapter devoted to that. Yeah. I mean, before we get into some of these other matters that we just talked about, like exploring your values and exploring your priorities, before that, yeah. you talk to us or you talk to the reader about time. Explain that strategy to you. To well, us. basically, if, if people are so busy now that if you don't stop and look at how you spend your time, it's easy to just, you know, not really connect with that. And it's it's important to see how do you spend your time? Where does the time go? You can't make changes in your life and how you spend your time if you don't know how you're spending it. So that's why I have a, a timetable from the time you get up until the time you go to bed. And I ask people to do two days during the week and, and on a full weekend, write everything out. Because when you do that and you look at it and you ask yourself, you know, how much time am I spending nurturing myself? How much time do I have enriching activities in my life? How much time is for me, for most Moms, at least, the percentage is very low. So it's an exercise to, to really help people look at how they spend their days. Because how you spend your days really is, is how you're spending your life. Hmm. You have some very helpful tips at, at several different points in the book, but including this chapter. I mean, things like really seriously considering limiting your child's activities. I suppose it's the easiest thing in the world to allow that to kind of explode out of control and... and uh, I mean, uh, uh, allowing your children to enroll in, in every capricious thought which crosses their mind, and uh, that ends up not doing anybody any favors, I suppose. Right, yeah. It's really, I think it's, it's getting out of control and that um, activities are starting, especially sports, starting younger and younger, and they're becoming more competitive younger and younger. So you'll have seven-year-olds on travel teams where they practice twice a week and they have a game and they travel and then they'll have another sport at the same time with that same commitment and you know it's really amazing how scheduled children are and I don't want to pass judgment on that but I do want to encourage parents to really step back and you know that again that gets back to the whole look at your days and where all the time is going and for most parents I've worked with and most parents I've talked to they almost always say you know I really have got to stop signing my kids up for so much because it's just taking over their lives. Um, I, w- I think this might be as good a time as any to uh, ask you about something which is mentioned at several points in the book, including the very first page of the introduction, when you talk about how mothers as a group have become trapped in micro-mommying. I'm pretty sure I've never seen that word <laughs> before. Uh, tell us what you mean by it. Micromomming is really hyper-focusing on your children so that you're really, you're right there to step in very quickly. 
if they ever have a problem of any kind or you know, if they leave their bike out, you might bring it in for them. You know, it, it's being too heavily involved. And the problem with that is, is twofold. One is if you're expending that much energy into your kids all the time, you're not really having the time and space for yourself. And the second problem is really for them because they need to learn to become a little bit more independent and um, to, to take risks and to be able to celebrate their own successes and learn from their own mistakes. So although micromomming is the term I use, it, it usually comes from very well-intentioned, you know, it, it comes from your heart to think that you need to be there all the time for them, but in reality, it's it's really not doing them any good or you, or yourself any good. Well, you talk about how uh, it's important for children, among other things, to learn to be fully comfortable with themselves. I think you even say at one point, comfortable and confident in their own skins. Yeah. And and it's just not possible for a child to really experience that if they are so utterly dependent on uh, on you for, for every little thing. You call it encouraging children to become appropriately independent. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important. It's something that we've that um, we've gotten away from a little bit in our culture, and it's important to, to know, and I try and do this in my book, give parents some developmental guidelines to kind of know what's appropriate, you know, how much responsibility to give them at different ages, when to start to back off, let them make some of their own decisions, and, um, you know, have their own experiences in life. It, it, it's very important for them. Um, it, you also risk overindulging them if you're too involved in their lives and taking care of everything. And, you know, if they start to feel like the world revolves around them all the time, what's it going to be like for them when they go out into the real world and, and the real world doesn't see them that way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm reminded of something Miss Manners once wrote, which is uh, uh, she was responding to a parent who thought that really at, at birthday parties, every child needs to receive a gift. Or, uh, I, I mean, you know, the, there shouldn't be just one child opening presents. And, and Miss Manners' response was, any child who, uh, you know, gets a present at every p- party they uh, attend will will grow up in life assuming that they're going to be the bride at every wedding and the corpse at every funeral. Right. And it's not a way to be a happy person. Right, right. <laughs> the whole idea of recognizing you're important, but you're not the center of the universe. Right. There are other people with other needs as well. Yeah. Towards this end of, of uh, developing independence in one's child, you, you, you suggest instilling some periods of, of separation early on. I mean, that not just letting them naturally happen, but making a point of not always being with your child. And then you say when it's time for you to separate, I suppose when you're dropping them off or whatever, when, when, when you need to separate, you, you suggest that it be done kindly and firmly. Yes. <laughs> An interesting bit of advice there. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the two issues you brought up is, one is I do really encourage um, children, I encourage parents to have a quiet time in their days, everybody to have quiet time in their days, but children as well, because that's really when they get creative, it's when they do spontaneous play, it's when they get to know who they are, you know, and, and when they can really think and, and get to know themselves. And, and I am really concerned about the kids that are constantly rushing and missing that piece of themselves, because it, I think it's so important. And then the second part about separating, yeah, the, especially when kids are younger, um, I've worked with lots of parents who, you know, that's, that can be very difficult. And, and the younger your kids are, the sooner you, you help them learn that, 
you know, you can't be together all the time and that some separation is important, the better off they are for learning to, you know, cope in the world without you and the better off you are because you're, you're able to separate and have a little bit of time for yourself. Uh, a couple of abiding themes through the book. Uh, one, one has to do with friendships and cultivating wise friendships. I mean, friends who are going to be helpful to you and, and for whom you can be helpful. Another thing you talk a lot about is gratitude and counting one's blessings. And I like especially how when one really lives one's life rooted in, in gratitude, you flourish. Yeah, you really do. When you, when you shift your thinking to think of what you do have in life, you know, wh- whoever you are and wh- wherever you are in life, um, the challenges that we have in life are really, they really do teach us lessons. And when you think of, you know, what's the lesson I'm getting out of this? And, and every day when you think of what you have to be grateful for, you, your life automatically becomes enriched just by where you're placing your focus. Hmm. Let me ask you about one chapter that surprised me just a little bit. Okay. Um, one of the chapters is called Become a Stellar Communicator. And just about every other chapter, I mean, they were all very good, but none of them, you know, surprised me. Like, why is she t- stopping to talk about that? I mean, everything seems so central to the message. Uh, this surprised me just a little bit, although the more I read the chapter, the, the more sense it made to me. Uh, why was it important to, to give this kind of attention to the matter of communication? I, I think a lot of moms that I've worked with in um a lot of friends that I have and even my own experiences, when you're rushing around and, and being busy all the time and you're not real centered in yourself, it's easy to lose your temper. It's easy to overreact to things. Um, and it, the reason this, this whole communication thing is relevant is because when you start to slow down and get more centered, communication becomes much easier just by that very fact alone. And I tried to give some tips so that parents have some good ideas on how to communicate in relationships with their significant other and also with their children because our communication is really how we're interacting together. So if you're wanting to have, you know, close relationships with a spouse or partner and with your children, it's real important to be able to communicate, you know, kindly and effectively. Hmm. The book uh, includes all kinds of other helpful suggestions on, for instance, how to say no you know, for all the forces around us that would encourage us to overschedule our lives, all kinds of suggestions about mealtime and chores and and, uh, splitting responsibility and sharing it with one's spouse and one's children and so on. Um, If we had a hidden camera in uh, your home where you live with your husband and your three children, uh, would we see uh, a successfully balanced mother uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day? Or Absolutely how- not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't think anyone can, can be absolutely balanced, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But I do think that my husband and I both have, you know, I've been working on these issues for a long time in my personal life and my professional life. And he's very good at sharing the load with me. And, you know, um, and yeah, I think and my kids all have chores and, we do have fun together, so I do try and practice what I preach, but I can't say that, you know, I'm successful all the time. Well, you've certainly done some great preaching in this book, I must say. A very, very good book called The Balanced Mom, Raising Your Kids Without Losing Yourself, a, pub- a publication of New Harbinger Publications, the author, Bria Simpson. Bria Simpson, I really, truly did enjoy this book, and I think a lot of people will and will find it helpful, and I thank you for joining me today on The Morning Show. Thank you very much.